Hi there, and welcome to the Spectrum Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea B. Coombs. Autism research is an overwhelmingly white field, one in which Black researchers say they experience both overt and covert racism. This summer took an especially heavy toll on many scientists of color as protests erupted in response to the death of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Rayshard Brooks, Jacob Blake, Daniel Prude, and other victims of police violence. Today, we're hearing from four Black women who are autism researchers about their experiences leading up to and during this past summer, and what they hope will happen next. Being both Black and being a woman in autism research, and essentially in any sort of scientific field, you you know that you're underrepresented. And I think that's one of the things that, for me, has definitely been one of the kind of more difficult things. That's Mary Adjipong, a second-year PhD student studying eye-tracking in younger siblings of autistic children at King's College London in the United Kingdom. Her experience is something Tamara Parker can relate to. She studies neural correlates of face processing in autistic people as a fourth-year graduate student at Yale University. The one thing that I've noticed, like being here at Yale and also being at different conferences, that there's not that many Black women that are in graduate school, as well as a faculty level, there wasn't many Black mentors I could look to. Desiree Desi Jones says this lack of diversity often means that Black autistic people's experiences go unexamined in research. She's a third-year PhD student at the University of Texas, Dallas. She studies intrinsic and extrinsic factors and how they influence social outcomes in autistic adults. We really include predominantly white participants. Because of that, we miss out a lot on the experiences of Black autistic people or issues that may disproportionately impact them. So I think we need to do a lot better job including the Black community in autism research. For example, an analysis presented at the 2019 International Society for Autism Research annual meeting showed that a U.S. autism prevalence survey included too few Black families to yield accurate data. The 2016 National Survey of Children's Health included only 80 Black families in 2016 and only 38 in 2017. And the problem extends to the technology used in studies as well. Cleanna Kelly is a PhD student who studies eye gaze and joint attention at Aston University in Birmingham, England. She says most electroencephalogram, or EEG caps, which are used to detect electrical activity in the brain, aren't made for black hair textures, and so the EEG electrodes don't make proper scalp contact. If you have a child coming in, or you have an adult coming in, and the researcher is kind of like, oh, I didn't think that you'd have this style of hair, or I didn't know that, like, do you know what I mean? Then you've now got that awkward moment, which could have been avoided if, you had a diverse team because people would have been there to highlight this and flag it up and say, hey, hold on a minute, we're not being inclusive. It's often up to Black researchers to bring up and solve these problems. Arnel Etienne is a Black woman who graduated with a degree in technology and humanistic studies from Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. As a student, she invented new EEG electrodes that work with Black hair. Her proof-of-concept design was published on the preprint server BioArchive in February this year. But Desi Jones says speaking up about a lack of diversity can lead to harassment. She went to the INSAR annual meeting last year and noticed just how white it was. 
She tweeted, autism research has a huge diversity problem. INSAR offers workshops and awards to support diversity, but a woman of color on a panel or oral presentation? Almost unheard of. We need to do better. And yes, I am saying this as someone who is impacted by this. And I ended up getting harassed online by white supremacists. And I'd like to clarify that as far as I know, none of these people were associated with INSAR or the autism research community. They just found my tweet online, I guess. But they were really nasty and saying hurtful things about me. They posted my photo. And I just remember this one comment. This woman was like, she's ugly inside and out. And I was like, what What do I do about this? And just the really tough part about that moment was that I didn't really have a community that I could go to for support or advice. Jones says members of the INSAR community were supportive and her advisor did everything he could. But, you know, at the end of the day, he is still a white man and he really didn't have that experience dealing with racism or that type of harassment. Cleana Kelly says being one of few Black researchers in a field brings other types of pressure, too. I think what's difficult is that feeling of knowing that the move that you make may have or will have an impact on the next Black female to come in to this lab or the next Black female for other researchers to come across or for a participant to come across. I've got this extra pressure. I've got this need to be not just good, but I need to exceed that in order for people to appreciate what I'm doing and who I am and why I'm here. And I think it's only recently that I've kind of been like, okay, this this is getting heavy. This shouldn't be a load that one person needs to take on. Black researchers say police killings of Black people have added to that heavy load. After George Floyd was killed, I basically had an entire week where I just couldn't work and I I just couldn't I couldn't focus and I just kind of laid in bed and it was really tough. I think in academia we're always like taught to just to be productive and to just keep going can keep working so when we have these current events that happen it's really hard for us to really like take a step back and like really reflect because we also have the same expectation of produce science but we have to make it so that we can do both. You can still produce science, but also still be able to really understand what's going on in the world. Because if we don't, I feel like we're not doing our job. It's important for people to realise that we are human as well in terms of we can't just sort of turn up and keep doing things business as usual if all of this emotional and racial trauma is weighing on us day in, day out. So Kelly decided to interrupt business as usual and bring up anti-Black racism this summer, even though it felt hard to do as one of only two Black people in her lab. I said, look, okay, we're having this meeting, but we all know that this is going on in the background. Let's talk about this. It does feel like you're bringing that conversation there and seeing, okay, can we go there? Can we do this? Though most Black neuroscientists are isolated in predominantly white departments, many reached out to find each other this past summer. Angeline Dukes, a PhD candidate at the University of California, Irvine, helped spark the idea for an online community called Black and Neuro. Dukes's tweet proposing the Black and Neuro community gained a ton of momentum, and with the help of 23 organizers, the group hosted hashtag Black and Neuro Week on Twitter from July 27th through August 2nd this year. It featured panels on subjects like neuroracism, Black women in neuro, and Black joy in neuro. 
And Black in Neuro is still going strong, providing resources and mentorship for Black neuroscientists around the world. Kelly has enjoyed keeping up with the Black in Neuro Slack group. I'd wake up and just scroll through the messages and it was just a beautiful environment. Absolutely beautiful. Just to have people who are passionate, not just about science, but about neuroscience. And everyone's Black. You don't need to put on that coat. You don't need to put on that mask. You just be you. You come there and you be your original self, your authentic self. The Black and Neuro group has helped these Black autism researchers find each other too. We actually have a little group on there for autism researchers in Black and Neuro. And there's fewer than 10 of us. Um, We're all women and we have a pretty broad range of experiences even in autism research. But it's just so cool to have that. And I think it's something that we all really needed. It definitely made me feel like I belong in this research community. And it's been great to interact with other Black people in neuro and to really kind of showcase the fact that, you know, like Black people are not a monolith. There's just such a range of things that we do that we're interested in. Black and neuro has helped these researchers feel like they belong. But Kelly says institutions also need to step up and play a role in finding and supporting Black autism researchers. In order for autism research to look more diverse, you need to fill the spaces with Black people, not just for your photo shoot, not just for the magazine cover. You need these people in the background. You need that input because that's what makes the changes. We want to emphasize that it's not just about recruitment because I think a lot of it is like, oh, you're supposed to recruit more minority students, but it's more than that. We need to increase the representation of Black autism researchers across all career levels. And we need more people in tenured positions who can serve as mentors for new students so that we can have this community aspect again and like have people who can help you with these things. It's not enough, though, just to increase the representation of Black researchers. You have to support us once you hire us. Kelly says a lot needs to change. But for younger Black people who want to get into neuroscience or autism research, there is hope. There is a community out there. We're very small at the moment, but we're there. (laughs) Please reach out. Thanks so much to Mary Adjipong, Desi Jones, Kleena Kelly, and Tamara Parker for joining me to talk about their experiences, Anna Stitt for her work as producer, and thank you for listening to The Spectrum Podcast. You can find out more about Black and Neuro by going to blackandneuro.com or following the Black and Neuro hashtag on Twitter. I'm Chelsea B. Coombs. See you next time.